Blog Talk Radio. Child Support and the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act. 
Last week, we talked on the Bradley Amendment and what were their intents and outcomes for parents who would be paying child support. Now the inquiry minds want to know about the Deadbeat Parents Punishment Act and what goals and outcomes this act has for parents that are paying child support. And I have a guest on the show with me, and his name is Alpha C. Hales, founder and president of Family First International. He is here to educate, inform, and help us understand about his intents to help decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors keep their integrity and finding solutions to help demarcate the fine line between decent and deadbeat, taking those that are accountable and responsible out of the system's rut of being labeled, jailed, for not having resources to pay their obligations, helping to find solutions to a growing economy, the problem, jobs, programs to help decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors. Again, call in at this number. Hit option two and just listen in. It is 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And we are back for more on It's Our Business to Tell Your Business on Child Support News, the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act. And let's get right to it. Again, I said we talked on the intent of the Bradley Amendment on previous episodes, so go and listen to them. Now, inquiry minds want to know about the definition of the Deadbeat Parent Act and what is the goal of Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act, and then I'm going to call out on Brother Alpha to help with the rest of the information for you to hear. Let's get to it. On Wikipedia, I love Wikipedia when they're talking something right, you know. It says here about the Deadbeat Parent Act, the definition of it. It says, deadbeat parent is a pejorative term referring to parents of either gender who evade court-ordered child support obligations, primarily used in the United States and Canada. The gender-specific deadbeat dad and deadbeat mom are commonly used to refer to men and women who have fathered or mothered a child and intentionally failed to pay child support order by family law court or statutory agencies, such as the child support agency. And then we'll go in further, and we'll go on about.com. And what they got to say about the Deadbeat Punishment Act, okay, and let's look at the goals first. And their goal, what they say is that the goal of the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act is to discourage parents from moving from state to state for the purposes of evading child support. Now, here is where I'm getting ready to call on my brother from... Family First International, Brother Alpha, are you on the line? Yes, I am, Miss Claudia, Hello. and I thank you Hello. once again for allowing me this opportunity to come to the show. Absolutely. Glad to have you on the show, my brother. 
All right. Now, okay, you heard me read the definition and the goal of this piece of legislation law. And the question I'm going to give to you is, what do you think about the intent of the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act intends, and what goal is this act really implying? Can you can you tell us about that? Well, I'm going to share uh, with you, uh, as I may. The intent, once again, is a, started out as a very good intent because you did have those, and, and to this day we still do uh, recognize that there are some deadbeat uh, obligors, mm-hmm. deadbeat parent obligors out there, and they just refuse to do right within the system. But what's not uh, factored in is that everybody's not considered to be a deadbeat. So upon implications of this mandated structure of law, it allows too much of a broad spectrum to, for it to be catered to it, because it's allowing this law to be utilized to not just have, not only to go after the true deadbeat, but also yes. corral the uh, decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors right along in there with, with this law. Okay. I'm ready. Tell it. And, and, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and, and when you do that, <clears throat> when you do that, naturally, when you have these decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors that has never ever had a brush with the law, and I mean ever, this is a first-time experience for them. So naturally, you're setting them up for the chase. And when, when normally, when you chase somebody, what are they prone to do? They're going to turn around. They're going to run. Absolutely. So this is a, a this is such a, a a a huge effort on the state's part to try to go ahead and get this money into their systems that they're doing at do, uh, uh, operating, you know, within whatever uh, extreme measures they possibly can operate from. And if it, in in their view, if it takes uh, a, a a little bit of uh, grabbing some of these decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors right along with the deadbeats to get this money, then that's what they will do. Um, The problem that I've always foreseen is that, you know, the systems, they they want to promote that they're here to try to fix and rectify this uh, valid issue. They want to try to work with these people. I, I, I argue... I argue that wholeheartedly. How can you work with? How how can you effectively work with these uh, uh, obligors, these decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors, and chase them all at the same time? You know. Well, let me ask you, this question. Let me ask this question. Sure. Uh, okay, since we're talking about this this deadbeat parent punishment act, what are some of the punishments that not only just happen to deadbeat parents? but to decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parents. What are some of the ramifications that happen to them? What, what, what happens to them? Do, uh, do they go to jail? What, they, how much rears? Tell, tell us, what, what, what is that? What, can we do, what is it that they go through? Well, according to the uh, Deputy Parents Punishment Act, the, the uh, parents' punishment uh, is to 
uh, let's see, for parents that for parents that can be punished under the Deadbeat Parents Punishment Act include those who travel to other states intending to avoid child support payments and who fail to make child support payments for longer than one year and their amount is more than $5,000 or who mm. fails to make child support payments longer than two years and their arrears is more than $10,000. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, what about that one that you were speaking about that's in Alaska somewhere, you know, where, you know, if it is your first time, uh, you can you can go up to how how, how many years in jail? I, I believe that they said that you can possibly be incarcerated up to 25 years and the arrears is uh something like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's it's some crazy figure. Wow. Uh we're yes. still yeah, crazy. we're still looking into that. Uh we're okay. still trying to, 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 to find out, you know, what's going on with that. Uh but one okay. thing I do I, I if you don't mind, I, I just wanna elaborate a little bit further on okay. this punishment. Okay, and, okay mm-hmm. the, the punishment does not fit the um what is perceived to be the crime in this case uh, yes. as it as it relates to these uh, obligors because uh, even though you may have these arrears and you may not have been able to make a payment one to two years or whatever the case may be, but it says mm-hmm. for a first-time offense, the imprisonment term can be six months or less, and for a second-time offense, the imprisonment can be up to two years. Okay. Now, the restitution, okay. in addition to imprisonment, a court may order a parent to pay back child support payments, okay, in the amount equal to their arrears. Uh, uh-huh. and, and all, but when we look at uh, uh, the initial part of these uh, obligors being punished, it says that this is for parents that can be punished under the Deadbeat Parents Punishment Act which includes those who travel to other states with the intention to avoid paying their child support. The thing is, is you have to prove that that was their true intent in the first place before they can even be a part or associated with it. See, it's so easy for the states to stamp uh, that these obligors, these decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors are held in contempt simply because they haven't made a payment in a year or two in the rear right. over that threshold amount. So it's very easy and to stamp not, them. Right, and it may not, you know, be all what they say it is because uh, the lack of employment, you know, uh, makes things even worse. So uh, truly they will have to look at this from another angle, especially in the angle that you're speaking about right now, about the intent, because the intent, you got to be able to prove that. Am I right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 something where you know we can always make accusations, we can accuse, we can go ahead and and, and say what we think that uh, that's what's going on. Okay, but factually, what is the uh, the obligor's intent? What are what's what's their motivation to go ahead and and you know skip from state to state in the first place. Uh, right. I just had <clears throat> I just had uh, uh, a new client that came on board 
who just, uh, you know, told me some a few tidbits of what's going on with him. Him, like a whole lot of other people that's out of work right now. Well, he was uh, recently laid off out of work. He owes a mountain of uh, child support. Uh, he's he's seriously contemplating on leaving where he resides right currently resides right now to go into another state where his sister lives. Uh, his sister was telling him that you know that may be a wise choice because she knows that there's a possibility that uh, a couple companies may be looking for some new uh, uh, employees. So he has to uh, pretty much make a firm decision. Should he mm-hmm. stick around mm-hmm. in his state, in his current state, and exhaust all of his resources, or should he try to make a move to where his sister is and, you know, be considered for a uh, a new position because he wants to do right. He wants to pay his obligation. The, but the thing is... You is, know what? You, you know what? That is a subject that need to bring that testimony onto the show where people can hear his side of the story, you know, because as we, are, as we, as we move through the Wikipedia version that talks about this word intentionally, failing to pay child support. Is there really a base for this word all together across the board? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what would be their base to say intentionally failing to pay child support? Well, once they utilize that stamp of contempt and, they, and someone's not coming to court, or they get a, uh, a a whiff that someone has skipped out of state and possibly residing somewhere else, but this person is in contempt. Uh, we pretty much wrote them off. Now they're uh, on the hunt. They're on the hunt list, you know, part of the suites and what have you. So their uh, names I, are circulated from state to state and what have you. Uh, that's good enough for them to go ahead and, and s- simply say this person is evading their obligation. Okay, right, they're, right. they're not. They're not. They're not talking to us. They're not coming to court. But you know something, uh, Miss Clardy, a lot of of uh, uh, obligors, these decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors, have concluded to the fact that they just don't really want to have any dealings with the court because of the raw deal that uh, that they're always uh, caught up in when they try to go to court and meaningfully try to work out their issues at hand. I mean, you go and you try to talk with these people, the magistrate, support enforcement, clerk, uh, uh, whomever, uh, even the custodial parent at times, and they they, they, they catch such a, a bad deal. They're railroaded, uh, even with their valid attempts of trying to rectify this issue. And they're still threatened okay. with jail time, among some other things, you know, so... Hey, okay, well then let's go over here. Let's go to the left stage. What do you think now about women in this part of the act? They did not say anything about mom's inclusion in the Bradley Amendment. It was all about the men. Now they are being gender specific. Now can you help, who you know, put gender specific in its right place? What does that mean? Well, they can try to uh, 
word term it, you know, use their word games and terminology and what have you, truth be told, they're not going to try to uh, uh, forecast percentages and statistics and numbers and what have you uh, by way of the uh, trying to validate what they're doing with the uh, female version of these obligors because that's going to open up another can of worms by way of the states as well as federal government will now be put on a, on on a, uh, a, a, a different kind of a light. You could say we'll put them in a different kind of light because now you're going to have to uh, answer the questions by way of if the system was actually set up to go after uh, male obligors with these arrears that was uh, going from state to state looking for sympathetic judges to write off those arrears. Mm-hmm. So if it was set up to go after them, why is it that you're doing uh, this to women all of a sudden? So you have to – no one wants to answer that kind of a question that there was a system that was set up to go after the male version, but now why is it that you have women caught up in a system that was set up to go after the male version of these obligors? You know, it's, hey, we uh, talk about it one day, too. We're definitely going to talk about it one day because, you know, again, uh, it's probably been going on for a long time. I'll I, I tell you the truth. Absolutely. You know, it, hey, it, I, it proves hey, a broken I system is what it is. It comes down to it just proves factually that it's a bo- broken, busted up, disgusting Absolutely. system, and and no one wants to take the time uh, outside of FFI to address uh, the tough questions, but not by way of fighting with anyone or accusing anyone and re- yes. redoing the will, but coming to the table with some recognized alternatives to get this system fixed, not on a temporary uh, basis, but on a permanent basis, because yes, family yes. reunification is very big with us. And you can't have family reunification if the two parties, the two main parties of concern, which is the uh, decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor, male or female, <laughs> and the custodial right, right. parent. Male or female, if they can't get on the same page and learn to talk to one another and not at one another, and that you know that has to be promoted first and foremost. Because truth be told, the system does not have to be invited into a mature adult uh, conversation with two adult parents, as long as they're willing to work with one another. But the system wants to be positioned in uh, that position ongoingly because they know that hey, we have the upper hand, we're going to get this money, we're going to collect this money, and then we're going to divvy it up the way we see fit to divvy it up. <laughs> so, All right, listen to that. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. I like that. I like that. I mean, again, uh, it's got to come out, though. It's got to come out about how the candle is being burnt on both ends. They're going to have to uh, explain this. They're going to. They're going to have yes. to. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, look, why, why don't you tell us, what is your contact information, you know, for those to communicate with you, and how would FFI, Family 
First International intervene in the lives of those that are broken to lessen the concerns for the decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors? Well, what we're intending to do is to be recognized in every every state, every state nationally, because we have some very unique, ideal, user-friendly programs that can be put in place to help rectify these issues with these decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors, the custodial yes. parent and their children, and still be in a position to hold the decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligor accountable for, you know, the family structure and obligation. Because we have to remember, yeah. the children did not ask to be here. So nope. we do not promote a get-out-of-jail-free card. We do not promote that at all. Uh, we are not associated with the state. We are not a church ministry. But we do fall back on God's structured plan. That's why okay. family reunification is very big with us. Now, the way that yes. they can reach uh, this organization, Family First International Incorporated, you can reach us by way of email, familyfirstinternational at gmail.com, by okay. telephone, 860-913-6516. Say that again. Repeat that again. Sure. That number. 860 913-6516, or you can go to our website, yes. www.familyfirstint.org. Once again, that's family, uh, excuse me, www.familyfirstint.org. All right, all right. Now, everybody done heard that information and we have now getting ready to slow down the time here, and we're getting ready to move forward to say thank you very much, Brother Alpha, for coming on to Lordy Miss Clardy and Company to talk about the serious issues, hardcore questions that people are afraid to answer on to this show and making it plain Anytime. for these here about. It Anytime. is truly a blessing to have you here on this show with Thank me. You. And there will be more of Brother Alpha C. Hale talking on Child Support News every Thursday, y'all. Every Thursday, y'all out there listening, 3.30 Pacific Time and 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, Okay. Come back on and listen in some more on It's Our Business to Tell Your Business on Child Support News. Yeah, and how you can get in contact with me. You can contact me for general information, comments, or concerns at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com and professionalrookies2012 at gmail.com. Or you can find me right there on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 
W. Clardy. Come join us. And coming up on next is Lardy Miss Clardy is on a recovering victim of circumstances, the journey, my journey, February the 23rd at 9 p.m. Pacific time, okay? I said specific, even though it's Pacific. And thank you for listening in on Lardy Miss Clardy and company on BTR because it's our business to tell your business and what you doing. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. A wonderful evening, and we will check back same time, same place. Good evening. Thank you.